Welcome back to Mitten Money Bets, week one of college football. Football's back. Football's back, back Evan. So back. We hope everybody enjoyed our football preview uh, on Tuesday, but I think it'd only be right if we start the show with a, a quick moment of silence. I don't know if you heard, but the Ravens mascot actually tore his ACL and is out for the year. Um, so just quick prayers up for Poe. Uh, I didn't even it. see the news. I'm surprised Woj didn't, or not Woj, but ESPN Adam Schefter didn't. did tweet it. Adam uh, Schefter did tweet it today. John Harbaugh confirmed. So, I mean, just like the Ravens getting injured uh, all season. but It kind of fits. Yeah. Um, pack show, college-wise for you guys. Uh, week one of college football. Week, week zero is kind of a stinker, so that's why yeah. we didn't drop picks last week. Um we're going to get into a little Michigan, Michigan State um, team previews just because those are our schools, right? Well, teams. Mm, uh, yeah. Fire up chips. We've got four college picks each, a dog of the week, and then we're going to do a new segment called Upset Alert. So I think we each have a, a possible upset. Yeah, I, I hope it's not the same one. That'd be crazy. I've got a really weird one that you Okay, yeah. It's probably pro- not the same one, then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get right into the show. You want me to kick us off? Cue the intro. Cue the intro. Rolling, holds it, turns, through the lights. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? This is... Let's just get right back into making money. Last year, I finished. It was, I think, it was eighty-two and fifty something, sixty percent. So I think the standard is the standard this year. Obviously, the goal is to win every bet, but uh, just just to be realistic. I mean, I yeah, that's that's not realistic. That that sixty-five awesome. sixty-five percent is the floor this year after a sixty percent year. So I yeah, you, I I, I analyze the board. You were eighty-four and fifty-eight, and I was seventy-six and fifty-four. So yikes! The oh, bar is you, high. You let Benny V pick for you one week because you were I lost. Did. I did. Um, I've been analyzing the board every spare second I've had today in between work meetings, and I I, I got full winners. It's that simple. I went four and zero to start start the year. So I'll get us started with one of our favorite teams that we talked about on Tuesday, the Utah Utes. <clears throat> okay, Probably one of the best games of the weekend. They're going to Florida. Uh a lot of experts are saying that this is a West Coast team. They're far from home. It's there's the humidity is going to bother them. I think that's the night game too. I think that's wrong. Well, one, it's the swamp. I'll I'll give you that. But if you're going to talk about humidity and like how how the weather affects it, I just don't see that really being a factor because Utah's hot too. Like it's in the mountains. Utah's also hot. And we went to the Michigan State Miami game. And that didn't even slow them <laughs> that down. That was last hot. Year. That was it, it was hot too. You know it's hot if your ass crack is sweating, and that that was probably like one of the hottest environments I, I've ever been in. And I do MSU remember being in the like tailgating before, and I actually like folded my shirt up into a crop top. The barrel was out because it was just unbearably hot. It was it was terrible, and I just don't see like that making that big of a difference. Where I could see it is if. 
it's a close game in the fourth, like Florida might pull it out, but I don't anticipate it being a close game in the fourth. One, Utah brings back Cameron Rising and Tavion Thomas. It's, that's the same core that they just tortured Ohio State with in the Rose Bowl, uh, which you need experience if you're going to open the open the season across the country in SEC country. <clears throat> Their defense lost Evan Lloyd and Nephi Sewell at linebacker, but they added Muhammad Diabate. Good pronunciation by me. Uh, they have <laughs> a big start. interior lineman, a quick secondary. I think this is going to be the best defense Florida plays all year besides Georgia. Hot take there, even playing in the SEC. Now, what I'll say, Florida has the longest opening season win streak since 1990 of 32 games. They won all 32 games they played, but they haven't but, opened the they haven't opened the year against like a top 10 team. The other thing I, is, this I, wasn't I, do, a, I do have in my notes they haven't lost a home opener since 1989. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think that Billy Napier, he's going to be a good coach. He's going to be a much better team at the end of the year, but this wasn't like really a talented roster to begin with. He did have a lot of four or five stars, but that doesn't help you week one. Uh, I, just, I just anticipate Utah winning this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't see Anthony Richardson – keeping this as close as it needs to be, especially because he's more of a dual threat guy. Utah's got a lot of speed on defense. I think Utah's free money minus three at minus 105. Yeah, I mean, I don't – we haven't really seen much of Richardson at all. Uh, I think he has like six touchdowns and five interceptions in his career. So, I mean, that's a wild card. Um, my first pick is San Diego State minus six at home versus Arizona. And let me start off by saying, what is the best name of a stadium or arena that you know of? Spartan Stadium. Eh. What if I told you that San Diego State is playing their first game at Snapdragon Stadium? Yeah. So I saw this. Their stadium is sweet. It's brand it new. It's sick. Yeah, a lot of good uh, like San Diego restaurants in there. The seats look pretty cool. Like, I think they're trying to attract non-football fans to go there, which doesn't make sense to me, but sure. I think it's also used for a soccer club, football Got club, it. if okay. you will. So, yeah. um, I'm going to lead with the stats of San Diego State is 11 and five. Uh, against the spread in the last 15 home games, and Arizona is 6-17 and 17 against the spread in the last 23 road games, and 0-5 straight up in the last five road games. Uh, this is a tricky one, but I'm here, and I'm up for the challenge early in the year. Um, I say this is tricky because my eyes clearly say SDSU because Arizona was 1-11 last year, and they absolutely sucked. Uh, SDSU has lost a good amount of talent, but have said that they're replacing and not rebuilding. And that got me excited. The defense is what they're most known for. And that should be strong again this year with Kishon Banks, Jonah Tavai on the line and Caden McDonald and Patrick McMorris leading the linebackers. They also lost a few offensive linemen, and their 1,000-yard rusher and Greg Bell is gone too. So, I mean, their their bread and butter is their run game. Um, So we'll see how the running backs stack up. At the quarterback is Braxton Burmeister. Uh, I've never heard of him. I'm sure you haven't either. Maybe you have. Uh, He was committed. Really? Yeah. 
Where did he, he play for Virginia Tech last year? He sure did. He was committed yep. to Arizona twice before going to Oregon and then transferring to Virginia Tech, and now he's here. He is kind of a wild card to me. So um, what I've seen is that he's consistent from the short to medium range. I'm just really hoping they can establish the ground game early. Uh, this spreads less than a touchdown, so I like that. And they're playing a home opener at a new stadium. It's tough not to take them. That's all I'm going to say. All facts. Plus, like, one of the cooler names and probably jerseys, the Aztecs. Yeah. Now, can I get a can I get a pig suey? Ooh. Uh, pig no. suey. I, I'll be honest. I didn't know how to do it, so I didn't want to. Can you do, do the pig correctly. noise? There it is. Yeah. We're going down to Arkansas. They're playing the Bearcats at home. Now, I didn't want to do this because I think Cincinnati's going to be more competitive than a lot of people think they are, but Arkansas is returning a lot. Uh, they're returning specifically four 500 rush, 500 yard rushers that they had last year. They returned four of their five offensive linemen. On the other side, Cincinnati lost nine players, including Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner, probably the best corner in FBS football last year. Arkansas lost Traylon Burks, but they did bring in a five-star transfer, Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma, who actually led Oklahoma in both uh, catches and touchdowns last year. So um, pretty good gap filler there. I mean, they also bring back K.J. Jefferson, uh, their QB. He's good. Good dual threat guy. He's a baller. Now, this is the one stat that, you know, like there's a lot of these good stats out there about home about openers in general. Cincinnati's five and zero in openers under Luke Fickle, but the last time they've opened against a top twenty five team on the road was two thousand four. So it's been eighteen mm. years. They're opening the year off of a. They probably kept it closer than most would have assumed last year against Bama. They lost twenty seven to six, but it was pretty clear that SEC talent in on the line on both sides um, is just flat out better than what Cincinnati can recruit. I mean, same case with the big 10 too. Like we saw it in Michigan, Georgia. Yeah. I just think like, I think Cincinnati can keep this closer, um, but this line did open at, I think eight points and it's since moved to six and a half. It was at seven this morning. It's down to six and a half. That's, that's usually money. Seven is just screams a push. So, uh, I love Arkansas at six and a half. I think they're going to wear Cincinnati down throughout this game, especially being at home. Uh, a lot of pig sueys in the crowd, so it's, it's going to be a tough environment for the Bearcats. I am staying in Arkansas <laughs> for this pick. I am picking the over of 52 for Cincinnati at Arkansas, and the line opened at 50, 56 and a half, and then it got all the way down to 52, and that's – where I jumped on it. I love 52. I want to kiss it on the mouth. You can't hang with the hogs if you can't hold up up front. And with the Bearcats returning all offensive linemen from last year, I don't really think that'll be an issue. Uh, What might be the issue is their new quarterback and Ben Bryant, who is from the factory in Eastern Michigan. Uh, Interesting. Disgusting. Yeah, he's a senior and completed uh, 68% of passes last year with 3,000 yards, but he only had 14 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So a little bit of a step back from Ritter. Um, as far as a running back goes, they lost Jerome Ford, who was very good. He was a transfer from Bama. 
They have Ryan Montgomery now filling that hole, and Montgomery was pretty solid last year. He averaged seven yards a carry, and with the upfront power that they have still, I could see them putting up some points. Uh, Arkansas doesn't have the best defense in the SEC, and like you say, K.J. Jefferson, solid dual threat, and with Cincinnati losing so many pieces on defense, I could see Arkansas putting up like 35. So over 52 here, I think that's the play. I think since he gets at least over 20, I would hope so. Um, we'll see, this is a Luke Fickle, how good are you here? Let's let's mm-hmm. see the nuts. Let's see how good of a coach you are. Same same thing for Ryan Day, people are asking. I don't yeah. know. Is he a Ryan, fraud? <laughs> Ryan Day's on the chopping block for losing two games last year. I'm putting that's him on the hot seat. Fraud. Bump. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay with the over 52 theme, and we're actually going to go – to Bryant, then he's no, that's Alabama's. What's he Eastern Carolina's? I don't know why I would know that. Eastern yeah, Carolina man. Stadium, it's close to that. NC State at Eastern Carolina, actually, tough place to play. So I've heard North Carolina lost there four years ago, I think, at Eastern Carolina when they actually had a good roster. <laughs> this is an East Carolina offense that averaged 433 yards per game last year. They bring back their quarterback, Holton Allers, Aylers, who cares. They bring back both veteran wide receivers, so both of his targets, and then they also bring back their running back, Keaton Mitchell, who ran for 1,100 yards and nine TDs. I'm also addicted to these like 50-52 lines because teams are, are, are allergic to defense. It feels like week one. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody's um, just learning how to tackle again. They're just grabbing absolutely. jerseys. Uh, Devin Leary, who's North Carolina State's quarterback, Led an offense that averaged 33 points per game last year, throwing 35 TDs with just five picks, and he gets both of his wide receivers back as well. This is a fun little stat. NC State scored at least 27 points in 10 straight games, so they they sneaky put up numbers. And what I'm seeing here is I think they're going to put up 35, 38 points, so we only need realistically 14 to 17 out of Eastern Carolina. Oh, that should be cool. I don't think this game's going to be close, but three of the last four – Head-to-head between these teams have been shootouts. Three of the last four have gone over. And I think Eastern Carolina is going to have some momentum early, just being at home, so they, they can put up two two touchdowns and a field goal, which is all we need. So uh, over 52 and minus 105. Hmm. Sounds I, – I, I'm also addicted to any over, like, in the 57 to, like, 51 range in week one. I love mm-hmm. it. I am going to the surf turf uh, <laughs> army at coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina's favored by two at minus one Oh five. And this is a night game. Uh, could you think of a more terrifying place to play your first game of the year? Other than a night game in Conway, South Carolina at Brooks stadium on that turf. I couldn't, I couldn't. I feel like I could, I don't know. Yeah. It might be a little edgy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd say Bama's a close two, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Coastal Carolina is five That's and one. Going. <laughs> Where I was going? going somewhere that in World War II, probably. Um, Actually, name like any World War II site, probably. Probably a tougher place to play. Okinawa. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> That's interesting. That's like that <laughs> Afghanistan comment. Uh, Coastal Carolina is five and one. Against the spread in the last six versus independent schools, and the line started at coastal minus three, but it's moved to minus two. Um, 
like I said last episode, Coastal only lost two games last year by a combined five points, so this team is good. Uh, this is McCall's senior year. Let me just start with that. Uh, last year at 2,800 yards with 28 touchdowns and only three picks, and their rush defense, which is the only the only play the Army runs is the triple option, which is hard. I get it. There's three options. It's tough to guard. Uh, their rush defense only allowed about 100 yards per game last year, and I think Coastal's offense will definitely be able to overpower the triple option. I'll also say this: it's it's tough. The triple option is a you got to battle against it because you like play like Oklahoma one week, then you come back with Army. Like you're just not prepared for that. They've had the whole off season to, to prepare for the triple option, so they should be able to smoke them. I mean, you would think it's it's also funny in my head. Like I, I can't remember who said it. You might have said it last year. But you were like, imagine trying to outman somebody going into the Army, like on the offensive yeah. line. Well, after seeing Wyatt go to the Air Force, I, I now believe that I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. And now, you know, what? it's week one, so I'm, I just want to have fun watching football. So I've got another over on the card because, you know, I, I think I'm going to be allergic to unders this year unless it's too high. Uh, now we're going to Brian Denny Stadium. Alabama, Utah State, probably the best matchup of the of the year, actually, I'd say. Uh I'm t- this total is at 61 and a half, which is pretty high, but I think Bama could put that up themselves. Utah State gave up 20 points to UConn last week. Fucking UConn. UConn's a different team this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, UConn's running back ran for 190 yards on 10 yards a carry. Heisman. Yep. Alabama has Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech transfer. They also have Bryce Young, who's going for a back-to-back Heisman. Never heard of him. Only time that's been done was Archie Griffin. Talked about that earlier this week. I think the Alabama Stars are only going to play a half, but their third stringers are still like better than Utah State. I think Bama's going to score 52 to 56 points. We need one touchdown out of Utah State, which we'll get in garbage time. So it's it's over 61 and a half. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to harp on stats because we don't need it. It's Alabama in week one at home. So okay. Um just a little sprinkle here. This isn't like an official pick, but this is a sprinkle because the numbers don't lie because you touched on Alabama and Utah State. I mean, Utah State is plus 42 in this game, and I get it. Alabama's good. Uh, I will say that Saban is 4-12 and all-time against the spread when they're a 42-point favorite or more. And this is a team that was 11-3 and last year and were the Mountain West champions, so they're not like the Citadel. I mm-hmm. think we could get a backdoor cover. I think this is sprinkleable. I think you should consider taking this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But now I'm so going to get, get some softer, put some sprinkles on it. Yeah. Okay. Put, a, put in a cone, sit, have a nice mm-hmm. little dessert. Okay. So my fourth official pick is Oregon plus 17 and a half at Georgia. You're probably thinking I'm crazy. Uh, the line started at 16 and a half, then moved to 17 and a half. And that is a very favorable number. If it was 17, I don't think I'd touch it, but I like the half point. I want to start by saying that this is a lot of points for a Oregon team. That's actually pretty good. Uh, Georgia is Georgia. I get that too. Uh, for of the Oregon offensive linemen are projected to be NFL draft picks. And ESPN analysts have also said that D 
the Oregon O-line will be the toughest battle for Georgia. Um, And if there's any coach that knows how to shut down Georgia, it would be the new Oregon head coach, which is Dan Lanning, who spent the last three seasons as the defensive coordinator and linebacks coach at Georgia, where he accrued the number one defense. Uh, Lanning is a little crazy, and I kind of like this man. He is not going to release the depth chart until game day on Saturday because he doesn't want Kirby knowing who is playing quarterback in certain matchups, even though we all know that Bo Nix is going to be the starter, and I hate him, and I get it. He's bad, but 17 and a half is a lot of points. People and forget, though, Bo Nix has played SEC defenses his whole career. That, too, he has the experience. And I also want to look back at history and say that Oregon first game last year walks in OSU as a big road underdog covers and wins a game. And Georgia last year had beat all of their opponents by 17 or more, except for one team, which was Clemson, which was their first game of the year. So learning from history on this one. Thank doing you it. for thank you for coming to Evan's history lesson. I'm doing a quick Oregon jersey. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. If, Ooh. if it's the yellow. No, it's all green. What about they the look helmets? Fast. What about that? Are they chrome helmets? No, it's green helmet with yellow neon wings. Oh, fuck. It's pretty hard, actually. But what are George's jerseys? Probably just ah. the red ones. Classic red. Yeah. Red versus green. That's a Christmas. Christmas. Christmas matchup. Christmas Santa's in September. <laughs> All right, now we'll break it up. We'll do our Michigan Michigan State preview, and then we'll get to the dog of the week and upset alert. Um, would you like to kick us off with Michigan? Yeah. Who's um, got it better than us? Yeah, nobody. Nobody. Nobody's got it better than us. Uh, this week was very interesting as a Michigan fan, uh, announcing that weeks one and two are basically extended QB tryouts for the starting job. Uh, Josh Gaddis's departure leaves Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss sharing the offensive coordinator role. Uh, they said they want a 50-50 mix, which, I mean, makes sense. Um, I think every Michigan fan wants that. I don't want to watch a five-star QB just hand the ball off every play. Uh, Josh Gaddis also said that his offensive philosophy was speed and space. And I don't think we saw that till the last year, maybe, um, as far as skill position players go, I hope JJ wins the job. I will be at the game that he is starting against the rainbow warriors. Uh, tough, tough matchup. Haskins was good. The rainbow warriors matchup. (laughs) It's 2022. Relax. Um, Haskins leaves a hole to fill, but I'm riding high on the Donovan Edwards train with Blake Horam. I think that will be a great mix. Uh, the tight ends are nothing to worry about with Eric All and Luke Shoemaker. I think they're phenomenal. Uh, defense lost a lot to the draft, but there is still a ton of talent. And I, my bold prediction is that this might be a better defense than last year. Mm. Um, Mazzy Smith, nicknamed the Freak, uh, he's 6'3", 337 pounds, and he benched 325 22 times. That is 322, 325 pounds. Uh, he has a 44-inch vert, and he did the three-cone drill in 6.95 seconds. Uh, to compare it to anybody, I'd say Aaron Donald, who has a 32-inch vert. 
with Macy Smith is Aaron Donald confirmed. I think he's better. Hot take. No, he has a better numbers. Donald has a 32-inch vert with a 7.11 three-cone drill. And I think Mazzy Smith has like 80 pounds on him too. Who was their their safety? Last year? Yeah. The dude that had COVID and had to like fly down same day to the Dexton Dexton Hill. Dexton Hill. I think that's a big loss. They had to rebuild that whole secondary. They lost Dexton Hill, Vincent Gray. Yeah. Somebody Um, else. Plus, like, both speed rushers. Yeah, I think here's this might be a hot take. Ojabo was good. Um, I don't think he would have been as good without Hutchinson. Oh, yeah, Ojabo was only that good because of Hutchinson because he was getting double. I just think, like, teams can just double Messi Smith. Yeah, and I think, he yeah, he's not even an edge rusher. He's a a nose nose tackle. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also number one on Bruce Feldman's list of college football freaks where Hutchinson was two and Quiddy pay was number one in 2020. I actually, when I was doing my research on this team, I kind of expected like a nine and three year, um, on paper, this team looks great. And I think their wideouts might be the most skilled we've had in Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell's back, Roman Wilson. I'm I'm not that high on Roman Wilson, but I mean he's consistent. Um Andrew Anthony, I think, is going to have a huge year. Um so my high prediction for them is eleven and one, losing to Ohio State. And my low prediction is ten and two, because I feel like there could be a game in there that they just overlook and throw like a Penn State or even Wisconsin. Maybe even Michigan State. Ooh, he hasn't beat Mel Tucker yet. Ooh. They have a favorable schedule though. Like their schedule's down very tough. Um Spartan Dogs preview get the season kicked off tomorrow. Can't wait. We'll be in East Lansing. Uh we're coming off an 11 2 year. We won the Peach Bowl. That was pretty cool. Kenny Pickett didn't play. Kenneth Walker didn't play. I don't care. Say what you <laughs> want to say. There's been a lot of recruiting buzz in East Lansing. We had, you know, Ferraris on the field. We had Bentleys on the field. Uh, dogs. I don't like Dobermans. It, it was pretty cool. I don't know. Bring. I think. In, I think the Dobermans was the coolest. It's bringing in talent. Uh, I think this is kind of this to me is kind of a prove it. Like a is he for real year? Just because like last year you could. I guess you could say, like, was it a fluke? Because we went from the COVID year with Mel Tucker to just being 11 and 2. And MSU's kind of done this in the past where we went, I think, with Little Murphy, we went 10 and 2. And then the next year we went 7 and 6. So, you know, it happens. But um, I think the floor is competing to win the Big Ten East and a Big Ten title. Like, it's, it's that the simple. Floor? The floor is that. Uh, we lose Kenneth Walker, but we brought in Colorado transfer Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger from Wisconsin, who was a stud recruit. He just didn't really get any playing time. We got another offseason of development for Peyton Thorne. People forget he was a sophomore last year. He threw for 3,200 yards and 27 TDs. Didn't really show up in the big game, so I think that's what we're looking for. Like, Does, does he have the ice? Jane Reed's the second-best receiver in the Big Ten. It's just that simple. He's behind Smith and Jigba. Could be number one. It we'll see how it plays out. I mean, he's just he mossed everybody um last year. We brought in Daniel Barker, tight end from Illinois. We still have Malik Carr, so I, I think we're gonna use the tight ends a little bit more, which I, I'm a fan, especially just running it as much as we do. I think that'll help Peyton Thorne a lot, having two big targets. 
Um, we're coming off a year leading the Big Ten, Big Ten in sacks, which is interesting because our secondary was awful. Uh, had the shit. worst pass defense in in the in the country, I think. Uh, but we did take a little page out of Michigan's now and brought in a speed rusher, Chris Bogle from Florida, who will play alongside Jeff Petrowski. Our linebackers are probably the deepest position we have this year uh, with Cal Halliday. We brought in Jacoby Winman, who's a speedster from UNLV, and then Aaron Brule from Mississippi State. So a lot of talent at linebacker. And we also beefed up that secondary a little bit, bringing in Amir Speed from Georgia. Um, he started the year. He didn't finish it. But, I mean, every, I feel like every player on Georgia's defense got drafted. Xavier Henderson, fifth year, he's back at safety, maybe even sixth year because of COVID. Uh, there's just no way the secondary can be as bad as they were last year. Plus, I think the Big Ten kind of lost a little bit in um, wide receiver talent. I, like, for example, Penn State had – what was his name? Doesn't matter. Purdue had David Bell. Uh, Ohio State had three guys. Uh, so there's yeah, just like all of them. This, yeah. So I think we'll really see how good Michigan State is on October 8th when Ohio State comes to town. There, I mean, last year we got cream pied, but it is what it is. I, I think there's just no way we lose that bad again. So I think if we play that close, ah. we do have a tough gauntlet. We go Ohio State, Wisconsin, by week Michigan. So the middle of the year is horrible, but um, I see us at 10 and two, I think. Yeah. What? So that's your floor is 10 and two. 10 and two is the floor. I mean, if we want to keep competing, like we, we got Jane Reed back. We thought we were going to lose him to the draft. Uh, sucks. We lost Naylor, but it happens, but we Trey Mosley, Keon Coleman. I, I think MSU goes as far as Keon Coleman takes them offensively. Cause we need a number two guy. Trey Mosley, I think, will be underrated, but <clears throat> Keon Coleman's so fast and like he had so much hype and he played basketball. Plus, like that, that uh, we brought in a lot of recruits in the secondary. So hopefully, Amir Speed helps being that number one guy. Ronald Williams, opposite of him, and then filling the linebackers around there. Just I know we had a good pass rush, but I think it needs to be great just to help that secondary. Why didn't Keon Coleman play that much last year? Was it just because he was a freshman? Yeah. Plus we had like Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, Trey Mosley. So he was like four behind them on the depth chart. Um, well, also we have Antonio Gage Jr. too. We'll see how much he plays. That could be exciting. I don't know. But Keon Coleman did play towards the end of the year. Um, but I don't know. He played basketball. I remember that. Yeah, I just remember seeing when you guys landed him, everybody was like, oh, we got a, what was he, a five-star or four-star? Four. Yeah, yeah four. He, we were like, oh, we got a dual-athlete four-star. Because Waka like, Flocker Flame was on part of my take, and shout out Barstool Sinus. Uh, and they were like, oh, who's, I guess he's big in, like, Louisiana sports or something. And he was like, oh, who's one guy that you're looking out for? And he was like, oh, this guy, uh, he plays football and basketball. He's a four-star in both, like Keon Coleman. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then we signed him. So, I don't know. He looks like a baller. I guess we'll see how good he really is this year. He, he needs to be good. So, um, I think 10-2 and two is a floor. I mean, I could see us at 9-3, and three, but it all depends so, on. If, if Michigan and Michigan State, if that game this year is a night game and – who would you rather see a quarterback with Michigan State playing at the big house this year? Who would you rather go against? Fumble boy, as you call him? Yeah, I think fumble boy because 
he's better talent wise, but I think Cade is a better game manager for that offense. So like Cade just doesn't make mistakes. And that's what you need in a rivalry game like that. Like we saw, we saw how ass Peyton Thorne was versus Michigan. Like he was horrible. He was horrible in every rivalry game. And Kevin Walker was like, fuck it. Like I'll do it myself. That's the only reason we won that game. Cade was playing so well. And then JJ came in and fumbled. I don't think JJ is going to do that again, but I think JJ will take more chances and try to like show out against MSU at home. Yeah, which could like if he if I mean if he's if, connecting I, if it, like if that, it works that would be out, worse. Then it's yeah. If he's connecting, it'd be worse because that crowd would be like way too loud. But it is like scummy how like the night games are only when we play at Michigan. Like, why does MSU never get the night games? <laughs> you you don't you don't think Michigan Michigan State's going to be a noon kickoff? No, because there's a lot of buzz around night games, but Ann Arbor police don't want it. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense. Burn to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get it. So that's our outlook on Michigan, Michigan State. Now we'll get into dog of the week. You ready for this? I'm I'm ready to hear it. It's Brett Bielema's season. It's Illinois, the Illini. They've lost three straight to Indiana. They've lost Hmm. three straight to Indiana, which tells me if I'm looking at a roulette table and I see three black, like am I? I'm sitting down at as a roulette guy. I'm I'm playing Uh red, which means Illinois is going to win this game. Indiana's offense is like literally all transfers. It's like it's like the toy and Toy Story that the Sid makes. Story <laughs> one puts a bunch of pieces parts. together. That's yeah. what Indiana's offense looks like. This the same offensive line gave up twenty nine sacks last year. Their defense is Illinois' defense is filled with a ton of veterans. So I, I mean. Illinois defense is just going to play better. They only gave up two field goals to Wyoming last yeah, week. Yeah, showed out the house that Josh Allen built. Mm-hmm. And Illinois' offensive line also didn't give up a sack last week. Every rush they had went for positive yards, and their Syracuse transfer QB, DeVito, played extremely well. Now, this line opened at three. It was three two weeks ago. It is one and a half today, which tells me a lot of people are on the Illinois side, which tells me hammer Illinois plus 150. You know, it's not it's not the flashiest underdog, but if it's a winner, it's good money. So it is. I'm, I'm not upset at that. It's week one, so I don't really want to take a, a crazy shot in the dark. Because, yeah. but um, I get that. I'll I'll it's get conf- into it's a confidence builder. Yeah, we gotta let the dog let, let, let the, the dog, dog go outside before it starts running. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, so I'll segue that into the upset alert, and this is one I almost places as dog week, but it feels a little crazy. TCU at Colorado. Now that's probably a disgusting game in your head. I just puked. TCU is a 13 and a half point favorite at Colorado. TCU was five and seven last year. Colorado was four and eight. TCU brought in a new head coach. First time in forever after Patterson left. Now TCU claims to be like a, like a lot of experts are saying that they're going to be a very good offensive team. They have three quarterbacks, they say, which in my head, if you don't, if you have three quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback because there's no way one guy hasn't beat out the other two. Yeah. So I just don't see them being that great. They also stunk on the road last year. This is in Colorado, hostile environment, probably Pac-12 after dark. I didn't check on the time. Uh, Colorado lost a lot altitude. of games last year. Because altitude were, difference. Yeah. They only scored over 24 times last year, and that's why they were losing games. So their defense is legit, and there's no way their offense could be that bad again. 
I think they can run all over TCU. TCU's rush defense is horrible. They brought in an Alabama lineman transfer, so Colorado has to has to be building something there. I don't really hmm. know what. I just I really think Colorado could win at home just because the Pac-12 makes no sense. And I just I how do you how do you put your money on TCU minus 13 half? When was the last time you watched a TCU football game? When Boykin, Boykin, Miles Boykin, yeah, when he was Trevon quarterback Boykin. there, yeah. it, it was the quarterback name, I believe it was Boykin that was electric, and he was the only horned frog I ever saw on ESPN. The only Jaylen reason Rager. I would, oh, I didn't know that. The only reason I would take TC when any game is because their mascot is a horned frog. <laughs> Relatable. Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> my only upset. And I am picking this because I have to, because the numbers don't lie. Is Florida in the swamp against the U? Disgusting. I knew I you had notes for some I reason. I knew it. The X factor is Billy Napier. I don't know what Anthony Richardson is going to do. Maybe this is the start of his Heisman campaign. Maybe it's another upsetting year for the Gators again. I don't know, but they haven't lost a home opener since 1989. They also probably haven't played a good team the first game of the year in however many years. I'm just following the numbers. I don't love it. If I if I had to pick a different one, I don't know what I'd pick. It definitely wouldn't be Arizona at SDSU. It wouldn't. I think the Utes are the Utes are soaking in the swamp this weekend. I mean, they're yeah. I, mean, I don't know. You know. I I had a gun to my head and I had to pick an upset. And that's what it was. Understood. So that's our week one slate. I'm pretty sure we just went eight now. Yeah, uh, took the dog I'm, nine. I'm, I want a three and one modest record so I can build on that. Got it. Just battle and build. Keep chopping. Yep. So that's the episode. You know what we forgot to do last week? The last episode. Art rock paper scissors. Oh, wait. We got to bark for the underdog. Those are some good barks. All right. See you guys. That's the episode. We'll see you all in week two with some NFL picks as well. Mint money out. It's finger licking good.